My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Entrepreneurs Enigma is a podcast for the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So the wins and the fails that we all face being entrepreneurs, how we learn from adversity. Every week I talk to a different entrepreneur with a story to tell. I'm Seth Goldstein. Come with me on the journey. This is Entrepreneur's Enigma. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Entrepreneur's Enigma podcast. I am here with a good friend of mine, Jason Rinaldi of Jason Rinaldi Headshots. He is an amazing headshot photographer, but this is not what he started out doing. And he's been on quite an entrepreneurial journey. You know, he, let's go back, Jason. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to chat with you about all this uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I do You've been all over the place. I have been all over the place. Uh, so I do, uh, I do commercial headshots now. I'm a photographer, uh, but I started out in software and I way back when, which is a completely different line of business. Now there are some yeah. connections, but yeah, very different. Very different. And you are a fellow fighting blue hen. So we have the dorkiest name the mascot but the coolest mascot in the world because if you ever see UD, he's a big burly yeah hen yeah chicken absolutely but we're blue giant fighting blue chickens essentially yeah more or less but green. more or less yeah blue hens though man go blue hens so, so jason so you went to university of delaware and you went for you were in a, you were in the comp side department right that's what we're going to comp side yeah so I was working on um, being a programmer, and that was going to be the first step of my uh, kind of career coming out of there. So, you know, that's kind of how it's working. And then, so then you left, you graduated, and you went up to New York, right? Isn't that where you went? Yeah, so I spent a number of years doing development work and programming for a company down in Delaware. Uh, oh, in Delaware. Oh, so you stayed local. I stayed yeah. local for a while. And then um, I did the, once I decided I want to get out of programming or at least the, the sector that I was in. So it was medical devices programming. Mm. I wanted to leave the sector. I wanted to head up out to New York City. And um, there's a big sector market up there, obviously. And I moved into the um, software for financial services, but on the oh, wow. support side. So I started supporting back office um, operations for a small investment bank. And um, that was a very different line of work, completely different, you know, still software, but a very different skill set. Um, you had to be very... Um, quick on the draw, less time sitting around thinking more, you know, more time wow. jumping the gun and resolving issues fairly quickly for the people in the back office. And then I moved into the front office side trading operations, um, a couple of years into that. Ooh. Um, and then, you know, worked on the trade floor for Merrill Lynch for a number of years. Oh, you were on the floor? Yeah. I was on their equity derivatives trade floor. Yeah. 
Oh, it's your, but you were, the, you were the tech guy there. Like saying, Jason, it's broken. Fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, yeah, they basically have a bunch of people screaming, jumping up and down when something breaks and we get the emails and the phone calls and my, I'd invoke my team to go there and, you know, put out the fire. And sometimes it wasn't even always an IT fire. It was sometimes it was user error. You got to, you press tab, yeah. you press cap, well, you press tab. You got to find graceful ways to tell people, you know, oh, maybe you did this wrong or something like that. So there's a whole personality aspect to it, too, that I had to develop kind of like on the fly there. Because these guys aren't used to, you know, uh, told, no, yeah, you can't have this or it can't be fixed or it's not a software problem. Or it's you. It's between the eyes. It's between the ears. It's not between the, between the keyboard and the computer. I couldn't say it like that. but You couldn't say it. No, absolutely not. You got you to tread lightly. So then, so you're up in New York. And how did, how did photography come into this? Like how, did that, like, how did you get into the photography? It started as a hobby that I would do on weekends to kind of just relieve stress. Because that, that line of work is not one that leaves you without gray hairs. Let's put it that way. Well, it's New York. New York gives you gray hairs in yeah. general. Just, just the city. Yeah, that's the complete truth. And then you add this trading aspect uh, into it too, and the financial services and trade floors, and the, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole next level thing. So I did it as a de-stressor and hobby thing on the weekends. I'd be out there in Central Park taking pictures of uh, flowers, dogs, cats, oh, wow. sunsets, you name it. Um, Such a great park. I mean, I'm partial to Fairmount Park, and that you are now too, because it's our local park. Yeah, but Central Park's really special. It's, 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 a, it's magical in a sense, you know, you, you yeah. cruise all around there and see a hundred different things and never leave like a 70 block radius. You know, it's, it's, it's wild. You mean the center and you, you don't even see the city. It's like, where am I? That's what you go a few feet, cool. you go a few feet down the hill and you're like, and there's a skyscraper. It's like, oh, I am in the city. Yeah. And there's parts of that because everywhere in New York, you've been there, everywhere in New York is all honking at cars nonstop. Yeah. But there's parts of that park where you really don't think. Sydney, or at least it doesn't feel. And that's a nice little escape from the rigmarole, right? Yep. Yep. So you were taking pictures of everything under the sun, literally. Yep. And you got really into it. And so how did you go from the whole trading floor, high stress, high energy stuff to headshot photography, business photography? Because you're going to go into a hobby here. And then no, headshot photography is completely different. Yeah. I, uh, so I decided to, my wife and I decided to leave New York city and move back down to the greater Philadelphia area. Yeah, I didn't want to go back into financial services or software. I wanted to take a break from it. Uh, I could have gotten a job at Vanguard managing it there or SCI investments or a place like that. Uh, but I, you know, I wanted to take a, a break from it. I didn't really want to sit behind a computer anymore. So I took a couple months off and yeah. uh, I had mentored before I had moved down here, actually mentored with a guy, um, named Peter Hurley. And these guys like the Michael Jordan of headshots globally. Oh, wow. You type his name in Google. He's like the top headshot guy. Cool. He's amazing. But I met with him and he really taught me how to do headshots because I really hadn't photographed many people up until that point, actually. I didn't know what I was doing. My first headshots were dreadful. They were horrible. I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything. Uh, so he really upped my game, taught me the things to look for, how to deal with facial expressions, how to work with people in front of the camera and get Get them feeling warm and fuzzy so I can get these. You're really, I have to say, you're really good at that. I can laugh at anything, but like when you're taking, when you took my photo, you're hilarious. You have to go, you have to have an even bigger personality than the person that's getting the picture taken just to get them to laugh so you can get some kind of personality, then you can work your magic. I mean, 
You're really good at that, dude. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the real, that's what I learned from the people I mentioned with. It's not about the camera. It's not about the lights. Like that's important, right? To have great lighting. I do have great lighting and all the right tools and stuff. But um, how you interact with people, that's the big piece of getting them. That's the big secret, there, getting them to make genuine facial expressions. And it's not always about making them laugh. I'm not a comedian necessarily, but I'm good at the one thing that I carried from the trades work to this line of work is I was always very good at meeting people where they're at. So if they're animated and very, you know, jumping out of their skin on the trade floor, I did kind of meet their energy and kind of get them down off the cliff. Conversely, if they're really kind of quiet, <laughs> going kind of quiet and just kind of lift them up a little bit to bring them where I need them to be. Um, I'm a psychologist. Yeah. And that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. Psychology behind it. And that's where the meat of the work is and getting real facial expression out of it. Because if somebody comes into my studio and they're not feeling comfortable, there's no way. I don't have a chance in hell in getting anything good out of them. So exactly. the real work is trying to just connect with people in that space there. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and get right back to the show. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Oh, that's wild. And so you, so you came back down to Philadelphia, you got into headshots. Do you still go out and take photos of, of plants every now and then? Or are you kind of like, at the end of the day, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And, and people always say like, uh, do you must have great pictures of your kids and all this? And like, no, I use the same iPhone that everybody else does. I'm late. I'm late. Because you, your stuff's set up. And I mean, I'm sure if they need like holiday cards, I mean, I'm sure you do your holiday cards. I don't even do that now. I'll take candidates for that too. I. You know, because well, you you use the camera that you have. That's a, yeah. yeah, you use what you have first off. The second thing is when the moment is there, you don't want to be messing around with camera gear. So I'm able to have those moments in my studio because the people are there doing their thing with me. But when I'm with my kids and family, the moment is when I happen to have my iPhone out. So yeah, that's plus, the moment you're going to yeah. get the most genuine, cutest thing for your family and your kids. So that's what's going to And you have little kids too. Like I have a, I have a younger kid. Yeah. They're impossible to get a photo. Like smile. You exactly. can't do that. Yeah. You got to get them like all candid, like my, my kid hates photos. Yeah. Five, they don't want to bond around with this stuff that daddy wants to do with his camera. They just want to get in and get out. Exactly. But it's fun. You have two kids, right? I have two. Yeah. Boy and a girl. You have the best of both worlds, right? Absolutely. So what's the truth to get the twinkle? That's, the, I mean, I've taken some photos for, I was working in a corporate and they had me take the photos. Dead eyes. I mean, the, I think that money wasn't half bad, but the eyes were dark. Your photos, forget the face. It's the eyes. The eyes tell the whole story. And like, you're so good at you know, a tw literally a twinkle out of a flat photo. Yeah. The, the eyes are everything. If I, I always tell clients that, you know, regardless of what facial expressions we wind up getting, 
Um, if we don't have a good connection with the eyes, I really have no product at the end of the day. You might as well just refund you and go somewhere else. Um, but I pull it off every time. And the, and the reason is it's kind of twofold. The first part of it is, is the, I use a very specialized headshot lighting. I know since I don't do any other genre of photography, I only do headshots. The lighting is specifically designed to wrap around the face and push extra light into the eyes. So when someone has a really, you know, I want to get their irises to light up so people can really connect with their eyes because that's what builds trust. As much as I can say uh, there's an artistry behind this and there's art behind this, that's great and all, but I want to sell the person. How we do that is by building trust. So I need mm-hmm. that light to be in the eyes. The other piece of it is I just don't want these kind of wide-eyed deer and headlights blank looks like I might have got in my first corporate headshots. So we have them kind of just break into a chuckle. I'll make them laugh if I can do that. Or even just have them close down their eyes a little bit. So while we're getting the color of the eyes and some good clarity there, they also look like they're saying something with their eyes at the same time. And that those two things married or combined rather, that's that twinkle that I try to get across in almost every single photo that I put out. There. Oh, I, I love when you post your photos up on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, that's a good shot. Oh, I like that. Oh, that cute kid. Actually, the last we put up was a cute kid. It was not a cute kid. He was a college student. <laughs> I forget when the older you get, the, the younger the college students look. So young. They look so young. They look like they're 15. Let's not date ourselves too much here, Seth. <laughs> oh, I know. Exactly. So, so, all right. So let's have the entrepreneurial journey a little bit more here. So you went from the nine to what? Nine to nine fast paced world of corporate software tech area to being an entrepreneur. What is the scariest thing about being an entrepreneur to you since you've seen both sides? I think the scariest thing, and I've sold this through COVID, obviously, you're not guaranteed your next paycheck. That's the thing. I could, I mean, while my job may have been stressful and extremely, it was the most challenging job I'd ever done in Mm. many respects working for on that trade floor. Um, Whether I messed up for week to week or did a great job, I mean, you're still getting your paycheck at the end of the week. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously you can't foul for too long because you're going to get fired eventually, but (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you could have a bad day, bad week, um, maybe even a bad month, and you're still going to get paid. When you're an entrepreneur, if you're not laying down those bricks from day to day, week to week, or you just happen to happen upon some unfortunate circumstances like this whole COVID thing that we experienced last yeah. year, I mean, and you're really going to take a beating and you don't know when your next paycheck is going to come in. So that's the, that's the scariest part. The rest of it, to be honest, I found quite liberating and not so scary. I love being able to do my business. And I, I, we've talked about this. Yeah. We get to do our businesses the way that we want. Like you're running, you're, you're kind enough to host me on this podcast and it's a passion of yours that you want to do. You're just like, I'm just going to do this. And no one can mm-hmm. tell you that you can't. We can run our businesses how we see fit mm-hmm. and take the fun risks that we've always wanted to take and really enjoy it, have a passion for it and love it. And I get to love what I do. And you also have to spend time with your kids more, don't you? I mean, like, cause you're not like, Nine to nine to nine, because I'm not even joking that, you know, I'm sure your other job was like, you're working nonstop. I'm sure you're working nonstop now, but if your kid's sick, your wife's working, you're like, honey, it's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you know how it is. It's, um, they're your hours. So Mm -hmm. while I do, I can't say that I work less hours necessarily than when I worked on Wall Street. I can say that they're my hours and I can work around the stuff that I have to do with and for the kids. Like my son is involved in this musical that's awesome and he has a lot of extra roles. Um, so the times I need to take into reversal, I just don't book clients over those times or I just kind of finagle my schedule. I wasn't able to do that, uh, you know, when I worked for uh, a financial mm-hmm. firm. You know. So that's always great. So Jason, where can people find you? 
So I would say the first place, look for me on LinkedIn. Um, always uh, kind of hanging around there more or less um, so you can find my profile, connect with me. Love to connect with people. So connect with me on LinkedIn, Jason Renali. Just simply do a search and you'll find me. Um, yeah. Second place, you can find me at jrenaliheadshots.com. If you want to see some of my work directly and um, hook up with me there. That's well, very cool. So Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. That was a great show. Hey, if you're enjoying Entrepreneur's Enigma, please give us a review on the podcast directory of your choice. We're on all of them. And these reviews really help others find the show. Also, if you're getting value from the show and want to buy me a coffee, go to the show notes and click on the link to help me stay awake while I bring you more great episodes to your ears. That's in the show notes, and I look forward to the next episode. Take care, guys. hopes you have enjoyed this episode this podcast is one of the many great shows on the mpn marketing podcast network you may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network but did you know there are other great shows on mpn to help your business christy heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called own it christy Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.